0: Welcome to Better World Boston. My name is Somia Ganapati and I will be your host. For this episode, I will be sharing a conversation I had with Lenny Armstrong of Depaved Somerville. I first learned about Lenny and the concept of depaving from a TED Talk she had given a few years back. It was a really good TED Talk and I will definitely link to it. I was intrigued by the concept because at the time, I really didn't know what paving was. Over the years, I did learn a bit more about the concept of depaving and also a lot of the benefits of depaving. If you were like me and have not heard of the word depaving before, basically what depaving is, is the process of removing some of the impervious surfaces like concrete and asphalt from our cities. And there are a lot of benefits to depaving. In this episode, We'll dive a little deeper into depaving with Lenny. I also wanted to add that Lenny is a visual storyteller, and she has some pretty cool illustrations and visualizations. She's sharing some of her visualizations for this podcast, and I will also link to her website so you can look at more of her illustrations and visualizations in more detail. Hi, Lenny. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in the concept of depaving?
1: Sure. Um, I guess it was 10 or 11 years ago I was involved with um, Somerville Climate Action. And a woman named Vanessa um, uh, took on trying out all kinds of different things. And one of the things that she tried was a paving, And then she moved on to the next thing. And I just thought, how sad. (laughs) I really was drawn to the concept, um, and so I ended up um, connecting with another person from Somerville Climate Action who had construction experience, and he was really excited about the idea of forming a de group. So originally it was the two of us, and we did a number of de together and kind of worked out the nuts and bolts of it, the ho- kind of how to go about um, organizing and then uh, hosting a de-paving party.
0: Hi, Lenny. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in the concept of de-paving?
1: Sure. Um, I guess it was 10 or 11 years ago I was involved with um, Somerville Climate Action. And a woman named Vanessa um, uh, took on trying out all kinds of different things. And one of the things that she tried was a deep paving. And then she moved on to the next thing. And I just thought, how sad. <laughs> I really was drawn to the concept. Um, and so I ended up... Um, connecting with another person from Somerville Climate Action who had construction experience. And he was really excited about the idea of forming a depaving group. So originally it was the two of us. And we did a number of depavings together and kind of worked out the nuts and bolts of it, kind of how to go about um, organizing and then... Uh, hosting a deep paving party.
0: But what actually is deep paving and why are people doing it? And also, uh, why is deep paving important?
1: Yeah, um, deep paving, um, generally, Somerville residents, well, I should start by saying <laughs> there are a number of backyards in Somerville that are completely asphalted over. I, there was a time when this seems to be a very popular thing to do. I imagine it was in the 50s. I don't know that for sure. And I think that people thought that it would be a lot less trouble to maintain um, asphalt than a, a, a lawn or vegetation. So um, so there are these backyards that are completely paved over, and uh, especially um, young people who move in who are appalled <laughs> with the fact that their backyards are covered, um, they come to us saying, you know, oh, please help. We just we want to get this asphalt up. It's so ugly. It's so um, impervious. And so um, I organize a team, and our team started off small, and they've gotten very large, uh, perhaps 20 people and um, Cater shows up with his tools, and um, people are given pry bars, sledgehammers, and wheelbarrows and buckets, and we give an orientation mostly about safety, and people start swinging sledgehammers. It's kind of a team effort. Um, Often one or two people are... um, putting their pry bars under a crack in the pavement uh, against, um, like, a board as a fulcrum. And uh, then as they pry it up, uh, one person is whacking it with a sledgehammer, and then it cracks, and they move on like that. Um, And then the rest of it is really all about putting it into wheelbarrows and hauling it off to the dumpster. The way that we do it, uh, the resident pays for the dumpster. So that's really the only cost that they uh, are expected to pay for this process, and it's somewhere between $500 and $600. Um, so then all of the asphalt is in the dumpster, and it gets – it. somebody dri- – well, actually, they – It doesn't happen right away. So the next thing that happens is that we have a big picnic lunch, and that's really fun. Uh, People bring all kinds of food, and it's just a lot of fun, a lot of socializing and meeting new people, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that that, uh, sounds like a pretty uh, intense work day, and it's, it's nice that you guys celebrate at the end of it.
1: Yeah, well, it's just fun, and the whole process um, takes about two hours. Oh, that's it! which wow. is always—it's always surprising. It just seems no matter how, no matter what the job is like, it takes two hours. <laughs> oh, that's
0: incredible. That's really fast. I thought it was going to be like an all-day affair.
1: No, not at all. Yeah, people—people people love swinging a sledgehammer. You would be surprised. <laughs> And what are the benefits of depaving? paving um, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of benefits. So um, first of all, it's all about stormwater runoff. So um, stormwater generally runs off right into the streets, and then it goes into the sewers. And so a whole lot of rainwater ends up getting pumped out to Deer Island and purified. And so it's, it's kind of, you know, kind of silly to uh, make that happen. And one of the ways of preventing it, oh, and, and along the way it, it picks up all kinds of, you know, nasty things, um, oil from cars and lead from the soil and nasty stuff in the streets. And so um, one way to prevent that is to make surfaces in the urban areas um, pervious so that the water soaks up into the soil and it doesn't do this kind of nasty runoff thing. Um, in Somerville, 78% of Somerville is, is impervious surfaces. So we, <laughs> we have a lot of work ahead of us. Wow. There is cooling of homes and offices. By um, the vegetation that does get planted on dpa surfaces, and also protection against wind, and then there's cooling by evapotranspiration of rain on the leaves, um, and enhancing water quality, by removing particulate pollutants and carbon dioxide. Um, there is visual privacy. From, and reduction of noise from the vegetation that people plant afterwards. Um, there's restoration of local habitat for birds, insects, and other wildlife. Uh, and um, last of all, it's just aesthetic enhancement. You know, it looks so pretty to have a lot of plants and flowers as opposed to pavement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I should probably just mention the uh, urban heat island effect um, gets lessened.
0: Oh, wow. It seems like there definitely is a connection, it looks like, with paving, flooding, as well as drought. Uh, If if you have more impermeable surfaces, would the rainwater eventually go to the aquifers? Is is that uh, the concept in general?
1: Well, that's a good question, and I guess it would depend on where you are. So, in Somerville, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the aquifers are. I think what happens when the when the storm drains get overwhelmed, um, it gets dumped right into the river. And so, for Somerville, it's the Mystic River and the Charles Charles River, and that you know that happens during a heavy rain. Um, so that's definitely a flooding issue. And I think that um, the more the water can soak up the rain, um, the less flooding there is. It's a pretty simple relationship. In terms of depaving and drought, um, it's pretty clear that um, the, the more impervious the surface is, uh, that the drier an area becomes because the water is is pretty much funneled right into the lake and it doesn't, or the lake or the ocean or the river, and it doesn't get soaked up by the soil. So over time you can get desertification, you know, if it's taken um, to that level. Okay. And
0: if, if somebody is very new to depaving, where should they start and how would, you set, how would you suggest that they start a project if they wanted to? depave maybe a driveway or a smaller piece of pavement?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, pre-COVID, I would have said, you know, get in touch with us. Our objective lately, our goal, is to um, encourage people to set up their own depaving efforts, you know, and to do the kind of thing that um, – My team is doing. It's now composed of three people. We have um, myself and I do the outreach um, to get the volunteers. And then Cater who is really good with the um, safety and um, the kind of construction end of it, the construction kind of questions which inevitably come up. And then Brian is a landscaper. So he's very interested in talking to Um, potential de-pavers about what they would like to do afterwards. Um, But, so I would say, you know, yeah, we'll put you on our list. Um, And if we can't do it, actually we have another team that's kind of up and coming that is getting, I won't say trained, but getting some more experience by um, sort of coming to the de-pavings and um, uh, just – learning about how the whole process happens, how you make it happen. Um, So (laughs) post-COVID, we really haven't figured out any kind of satisfying way to do de-pavings, unfortunately. So, um, and and before... Prior to COVID, we were doing two de-pavings a year. We would do one in the spring and one in the fall, and we didn't do one in the spring because we just weren't sure. It didn't seem safe, and we are struggling to come up with ideas for how to do this at a time when we really can't get a whole bunch of people together together. Um, Um, And then all of the thoughts that come up are putting together small groups of people, people who are in the same cohort where they're, you know, they're kind of on the germ-sharing program already, people's families or couples or, you know, close friends that have made that decision, um, that sort of thing. Um, But. It seems like the biggest benefit, which I haven't even mentioned yet, is community building. So you're reaching out to your neighbors, um, you're um, getting to know people who care about the environment. Um, so it's it's really community building, and that and having fun. <laughs> That's another thing I can't uh, emphasize too strongly. It's just. Uh, a lot of fun to do and it's a really important thing um to organize it so that the fun part is maximized so for well, sure yeah i i really i don't know how to get that community building and that fun aspect into continuing these efforts i was thinking you know perhaps we could um just Form small teams and do kind of um, um, grounds improvement, perhaps landscaping, perhaps you know small dehaving projects um, and then to think about trying to build community online that seems so redundant. Uh, it seems like there's so <laughs> many people who do that kind of thing around the environment that uh, and and it, and it would really uh undermine the hands on aspect, which is what people love to do something yeah, with their so, hands, yeah, and to see the results in two hours so yeah, so if anybody out there can think of anything, brainstorm with your friends, your colleagues, your environmental um, environmentalist uh, people that you love (laughs) and if you think of anything um, we do have a a Facebook page and a website so it's depavehub.org and I think if you do a search for depavehub on Facebook you'll find it too so please do send us your ideas we'd love to have them
0: and I'll go ahead and put that in the show notes for sure because I think everyone is thinking about how to create community and fun and do projects like this with a pandemic going on. It certainly poses challenges.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, do you have any uh, interesting projects you've done that you can share? Maybe before and after projects in Somerville that were. you? Yes.
1: Absolutely. Um, on the website dpave.org deepavehub.org, you'll see um, a number of before and after pictures. I'm not. That's always a big thing for me. Um, I try to set up the re, the um, the homeowners up so that the actual dpave site is behind them, and I try to um, get that same picture with the same pose, you know, the same places and the same background, of course, uh, for the after picture. And it's always tricky to know when to do it because some people um, change, make changes very quickly and some people, it takes a little bit more time, you know, a, a year can go by and they'll say, oh, don't come by yet. <laughs> so let me see, I'm going to... Uh... Yeah, that's great.
0: And I, I like yeah. the fact that your team has a landscaper, someone who has construction background and someone who mm. knows about the the process of depaving because it seems like a very holistic approach versus just, you know, moving the earth and not knowing what to do with the land afterwards. So yeah. it's nice that it's a very holistic approach. yeah.
1: So I'm going to the, uh, the Facebook page, and I'm not sure. I'll have to take a look and see how many before and after pictures there are. It looks like process, and then on the DBehave Hub site, there's um, um, two properties that we did. Um, but I have a whole bunch because we've done this for 10 years, and I take pictures for every, before and after pictures for every depaving, so I probably have about 20. <laughs> so would you incredible. like me to send you those?
0: Yeah, that would be amazing if you could.
1: Sure. Yeah, I probably don't have all of the photographs, but I'll send you, I think I have a fair number. I'll send you what I have.
0: Yeah, and no, I was just thinking another benefit of de- de-paving, and I, and I think you already mentioned it, is just, the fact that we have issues with pollinators, that the more flowers and native plants you have, it's probably better for insects and pollinators.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mention that, and I'm glad you did. And the other thing that I forgot to mention is that, um, you know, plants bring carbon into the soil. So every little bit helps, <laughs> even even a small Absolutely. Somerville <laughs> yard. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I also wanted to mention. You know, people say, "Well, how many square feet have you depaved?" And I've never calculated it because it would end up being some small, like drop in the bucket number. And so, a lot of what this is about is sort of symbolic. There is a symbolic aspect to this, um, and but you know, the community building um, is ta- is very tangible. So. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And, and and I think um, with initiatives like this, uh, it might even lead to different policy changes to have uh, fewer uh, surfaces that are impermeable to water moving forward.
1: Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and on, in a larger view, if every town had 20 paving teams, that could that could make a significant difference. You know, um, Cambridge, Somerville, Belmont, Arlington, Jamaica Plain, Mission Hill. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of very urban areas that have a lot of pavement that could be removed. So that kind of effort, that larger scale effort, um, could really amount to something. I think that's awesome. (laughs) Somebody else sit down and calculate it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I was wondering once once a piece of land is depaved, you could potentially grow uh, apples or there's a lot you could do with that land that that maybe you wouldn't be able to do if it was just asphalt.
1: Yeah, for sure. People put in raised beds. Um, and ornamental gardens. um, And oftentimes, if they're pulling up a driveway, they'll, in fact, I'll I'll send you this. You can see it on the website. There's a picture of someone who did just that. And it's beautiful. Um, They they put granite stones just where the tires are, just under the tires. And then the rest is grass. So it's it's really pretty. I remember mm, my grandmother near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, had a driveway like that. <laughs> I just I guess it's you know it's fallen out of fashion for whatever reason.
0: Totally, yeah. I I do remember uh, driveways like that, and now you don't see that more. So yeah. Yeah. And is there anything else that? you'd like to tell us that I didn't ask you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Um. We did manage to get helmets, goggles. Uh, you, you, it is um, essential that everyone wear a helmet, goggles, and gloves. Uh, and the safety is really critical because, you know, the stuff is flying in the in the heat of the activity, and you know I always say I want everybody to come with the same number of fingers and toes that they arrived with. So um, <laughs> we we did get um, some donations. Uh, Home Depot was wonderful. They just wanted a. A letter with our logo on it, um, asking, you know, letting them o- know what we were asking for, and we got all kinds of helmets and and gloves and goggles. So it was it was really terrific. Um, it would have been nice a, of a lot of money if we had to foot it foot the bill ourselves. Because you know, sure, it adds yeah. up. You get that many. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Great. Too short. Things two short points that I didn't cover. Is it okay yeah. to say? Okay. Oh, so, please, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's very important to have um, a safety. Well, I call myself the safety queen. I mean, it could be the safety king. That would be just fine. But the idea is that someone is looking out at all times to see that the teams are well separated, um, so that nobody gets hurt. So that our that is our top priority. Of a of a paving event it. is that nobody gets hurt. Yeah. And now, what was the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's all right. I can't think of it.
0: Um, It'll come to
1: me after I wh- hang up. Oh uh, yes, it, lead in the it, soil. Ah. Uh, so yeah. Um, We do encourage people to have their soil tested for lead because it's very important to know how much you have in it. In Somerville, the levels of lead can be really high, and it's important if you have small children around. That's the biggest thing. You don't want them, you know, putting their hands in the dirt and eating it.
0: Got it. So uh, so obviously this is um once the asphalt is removed you would recommend mm-hmm. that the soil be tested for lead.
1: Mhm. And then we also recommend it be covered because you you don't you don't want to dry your soil out. The whole idea is already dry enough. <laughs> the That's whole sure, idea yeah. is to let the water percolate in. So there's all kinds of things that you can put that will um keep keep the soil covered.
0: Okay, and do you have any, um, like, recommendations for, like, what works best in Somerville to, to cover the soil?
1: Um, do you mean in the long term or the short term? Um, actually,
0: both, uh, short and long.
1: Okay, um, so short term, I think a lot of people use, I, I can't remember if it's straw or hay, it's the, it's the stuff without the seeds, um okay. and that does a pretty good job. Um you can also use mulch. Um, okay. what else? Yeah, I can't really uh you could um, you know, grow like a ground cover, like alfalfa or clover or something. And that comes up pretty quickly. So it wouldn't be a crazy idea. Um and then long term, some people um use imper um sorry um, permeable pavers, if like they want okay. a patio or something, or a walkway. Um, there's another thing that I really love, and it's called aft- um, perma-turf. Uh, and what it is is like these mm, one foot by one foot by maybe three inches. It's this honeycombed mm-hmm. thing made of recycled plastic, and you put it down and then fill it with dirt, and you can grow grass. And it, it's, it's oh. strong enough to hold the weight of a car.
0: Wow. So you can use that in
1: your driveway. And then there's another thing called per- turf stone for driveways, and it's concrete with diamond shapes in it. And you can also grow grass in those diamond shapes.
0: Interesting. Uh, okay.
1: They're like holes in the middle of a concrete paver.
0: Got it. Well, yeah. it's good to know because I didn't realize um, there were uh, patios that would let the water percolate down. So that's um, oh
1: yeah, yeah. That's and really brick good Brick is know. good, and people use either gravel or pea stone. Um, okay. So there's all kinds of things. You know, of course, it's much better if you can <laughs> grow things, and plants, and you know, for sure. Things. Yeah. Pollinators, right? Right. All that stuff.
0: And if we have more questions, what's the best way we can get in touch with you?
1: Sure. The best way to do that is to go to the depavehub.org website, and, it, and you'll be able to contact me.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Lenny, for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: You're more than welcome. My pleasure. And thank you for for making these podcasts. What a great thing to share.
0: So that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Musical credits go to Purple Planet and the track is Feeling Good.